Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. everybody we are back it's mike and jesse we're writers at the conan show and we're back with inside conan season two under unusual circumstances yeah we are gonna talk to you today about how we make conan at home that's the official title now that we're in quarantine and we talked to someone who has a lot of inside knowledge on conan at home conan (laughs) o'brien Welcome back to Inside Conan. Yeah. We knew we could lure you to a podcast with your name in it. It worked. Yes. This is actually the snake eating its own tail. This is today on Inside Conan. It's Conan talking to the Inside Conan team Team. about Conan. This is a new low, but I'm enjoying it. I do miss you guys. Uh, We're in the middle of this quarantine. And so... I can see your faces on Zoom, which is very nice. Guys, very funny. uh, And I'm happy to be on your program. That's how bad. That's how that is, that's how bored you are. That's yes. how bored I am in this quarantine wow. is that I volunteered to go on Inside Conan. Yep. And uh no, I I am actually happy to do this. I'm I'm giving you the old Joshua, but I'm no, happy to do it. Come well, on. we didn't realize our podcast name would become so accurate cuz you truly are inside. I'm in my home. I'm in my uh, home in Catalina. Uh, so how, how is it how, have you talked on the show a lot about your quarantine lifestyle not too much i mean no. it comes up i usually try and uh keep the focus on the guest but right. I, it comes up every now and then i'm doing pretty well uh you know i've actually of everyone in my house there are four of us my wife and kids are doing much better than I am. My kids are fantastic. They've taken to this like ducks to water. They they love taking classes online. And then, uh, of course, my son loves uh, just being online and he loves gaming with his friends and he loves not going outside. <laughs> so uh, he's thriving. It's really ideal. Yeah. And then my daughter is just incredibly good at taking care of herself. So when she's not doing an online school, uh, I see her like painting a mural or spinning and singing to herself or playing the piano. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. And then, uh, yeah, my wife is 
The mural press. might bother me a bit. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to ask permission? Can I do this wall? Right, exactly. Uh, but then, uh, and then my my wife is is she's ridiculously self sustaining and constantly she's either you know in her room with the door shut writing something or she's making granola and it's just or doing some kind of exercises and then there's me and yeah. i'm the one that's having the hardest time because i do need i'm constantly looking in the bathroom mirror now and doing faces and try to incite a crowd that isn't there so that's <laughs> that's sad that part's sad do you at least do you have a mirror you can turn three ways so you get the effect of more people in the mirror oh yeah surround sound I should do that. You should. should That'll get up to three audience members. They must know your condition. Do they give (laughs) it up for you or are they? Uh, You know. In the lap department? Well, they're not used to having you home this much. Right. No. You know, it's so funny because we were talking last night at dinner. I will say the up there was a silver lining to everything. And one of the silver linings is I really do love two things. Dinner with my whole family. And I then we we screen like classic movies. I want them to watch classic comedies, Pink mm-hmm. Panther movies, movies that I watched when I was a kid that made me laugh, starring, you know, great comedians. And they watch them and they really laugh. So that makes me happy. Oh, but great. last night we were talking at dinner. I think my son brought up a friend of his whose parents are divorced. And so the dad gets, uh, you know, specific times when he can come by the house and see the kids. You know, they've some court ordered specific time. And I said, I get the feeling that you guys would like it if I was still married to Liza, to your mom. And and we still got along, but I only had court mandated times when I could come by. And my son was like, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I would like. Wow. <laughs> so, so partial so, custody, but the parents are still married. Yeah, we're still married. We're still married. And it's not like I'm seeing anyone else. Uh, and I, I but I live in like a small apartment somewhere. And then there's specific times when, that are court mandated. When I could come by and then I said, well, wait, how would you get this ruling? And my son said, you would go before a judge and you would do some of the stuff that you do around us. And the judge would immediately rule in our favor. And, and I'd be like, OK, Conan, you can come by Thursday nights for one hour and Sunday for two hours and then gavel. Oh, and your wow. son reserved the right to go back to court to rescind it entirely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all getting through it however we can. Yeah. And Hey, uh, do you have, with all your movie watching, I, I know everyone's exchanging movie tips, but is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Yeah. Like, oh, people should watch this. Well, uh, one of the, the movie that was a huge deal for me when I was growing up, and I think it still holds up, is a movie from 1963 that starred every major comedian at the time. It's called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And it was a massive movie when it came out. It literally has, I don't think it was a a, a single major comedy star that wasn't in this movie. And it's this man it holds up. It does? And yes, it does hold up. Uh, and I, when I was a kid, they would show it once a year and my dad would let us, we weren't allowed to watch TV during the week, but he would right. let us watch TV that night. It counted as like an educational special. I showed it to my son and he loved it so much. He then insisted we screen it for his sister. So we did that. And so you and he were nervous while she watched it. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a lot of pressure when you tell yeah. people. I'll tell you this. We were, it's so much pressure to recommend a movie. Yes. So just before the quarantine went into effect, like two weeks before the quarantine went into effect, there was this family down the street that's very nice. And they invited us over to their house for dinner. And then they said, you know, think of a movie we should watch. Now, I didn't know this, but I've been telling Liza for a while, you know, we should have the kids watch The Pianist because it's a very good, you know, I think depiction with Adrian Brody of uh, what Jewish people in uh, Poland went through when the Nazis occupied. And it's rough, but it would be, I think, uh, good for our kids to see that. And I didn't know this, but she took my recommendation for our kids and recommended it to them for the big screening. And the thing is, the people, it was a very festive occasion. Uh And so we all go downstairs and then the woman, the woman, we go into like their room that has a big TV and she's like, okay, well, Liza said you wanted Conan that you wanted the pianist. And I looked to Liza and I went, wait, I meant that for like, and she was like, oh, I just thought you meant for everybody. And I'm like, no. And just then they start to screen it. And these were such upbeat, happy Uh, people. And the next thing you know, it's just a litany of very, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, the family just looked like they'd been kicked to death. <laughs> by and you. Yeah, by me. And they were all like, uh, wow, that's very powerful. And I went, I meant it. No, I didn't mean. I meant for it as a punishment. <laughs> yeah. And they have like little kids and the kids are crying. And oh, it's- man. We were supposed to watch that other movie with Milton Berle. I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Slightly off. Anyway, uh, you know, as I keep going back to, we're all uh, muddling through as best we can. It really yeah. is muddling. Are you doing a lot of housework at all or? What? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> housework. What are you talking about? Cooking? Uh, <laughs> do you know who I am? Do you know what? I'm in show business. I don't do housework. I'm the least handy person that ever lived. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm doing my share. Right. I'm trying to... I'm trying to help out, but I have found that the room where I do the show, which is my study, it's filled. I mean, right now, where I am now, you can't see, but this is the, if if you're watching the shows while we're in quarantine, it's where I shoot and there's a little guitar behind me and a bus Mm -hmm. of tape. Mm -hmm. What you can't see is that all the notes for all the guests that I've been (laughs) interviewing on Zoom are all over the floor. Guitars are just lying piecemeal. There's like pieces of lumber. I don't know. There's props from different bits I've done. It, <laughs> it, it's an absolute horror show. You really don't here. clean up. It's all just- Not in here. Not in here. I don't know. You're I, a hoarder. The rest of the house looks good, but this, and this you is usually a house. nice, this is usually a nice room, but it looks- uh, Yeah, it's, it's a very, well, you know, is. we have a lot of fan questions. People have written in and some of the questions- Do we still, you. do we still have fans? We, I, we do. <laughs> you do. I'm in a vacuum. I'm in the quarantine. And because I'm not getting my daily, you know, affirmations from people. Of, right. Hey, Conan, how are you? Like the show. Hey, Conan, your hair really does look weird in person. Uh, because I'm in a complete vacuum, just hearing that we have fans is delighting me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because usually you get to come into the office and you get compliments from your employees. nice one boss yeah good one another great show last night yeah and you all say it as you're being handed your check for the week (laughs) good job with the thing you do boss oh man some of that cue card reading was (laughs) top job 
Well, do you miss going into the office, though? I mean, I think I've gotten that sense from you that some of the even the things that you hated before you might. No, no, I didn't hate. I'd never, I I love, I do believe the only reason I'm in comedy is so that I can be around funny people and abuse them. And (laughs) I, I, I love, no, I really do love just the group effort. I love that part of it. I'm, I'm one of six kids and I grew up in kind of a, a scrum and I like it. I really like the jostling back and forth and uh, the constant repartee. And oftentimes physical jostling. If I size someone up and I think physically they can handle it, I'll start wailing away, punching, kicking, biting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's my that's my right. It's only recently that I've been informed that that hasn't <laughs> been legal for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, re- I do miss it. I really miss being there and uh, have always needed to get up and go someplace to do whatever it is I have to do. So I am not built to, to stay home. I'm, I'm not. And I think you, you guys both are a big part of the Conan Without Border shows. No one was even asking us to go to other countries. <laughs> uh, no one required it. No one, see, you know, it was not on anyone's agenda. And uh, we figured out a way to will ourselves to get to go to other parts of the world, often at very inconvenient times, but I love it and I miss that dearly. And so I'm, you know, I'm I'm hoping that when this is done, I'm hoping we can get back to that world. And we'll probably start very cautiously. It'll be Conan Without Borders in Los Feliz, (laughs) Los Angeles. Uh, Conan drives 15 miles to a slightly different area of Los Angeles and encounters the local... Yeah, but it'll still yeah. be full of wonder for us. We'll be like, "Oh my god, what's?" Oh my god, <laughs> look at that hipster who's taking three improv classes. Uh, <laughs> do you have a um, a weekly schedule? I mean, do you get up and try to like keep to a? Okay, I want to get up at the same time, and you know, you know, I think I could do better about that. One of the things that I find maddening is that I like to know what the parameters are for my work. Meaning, when am I working, and then when am I not working? One of the things that's happened uh, under quarantine is that they'll book a Zoom call for 9.30 in the morning with, you know, Kaylee Cuoco or Adam Sandler. And it'll be like, okay, so at 9.30, I gotta have to be on. But then there'll be this two or two and a half hour period of time when I'm not on, when I'm supposed to power down. Right. But then it's time to shoot a Zoom sketch with Sona at one o'clock in the afternoon then it's time for a Zoom conference call where we talk about the Zoom sketch we just did and figure out what the edits are, possibly. Then there's two hours of nothing, but then shoot wraparounds. And so I know anyone listening right now is like thinking I'm a big baby, and I am, but it's just the every day it's different. And so uh, and it has to do with your energy levels. Like you get you get warmed up, and then yeah. if you have to just cool your heels for two hours. When you also had the same schedule for 25 years, pretty much. Right. Exactly. And so, and the schedule, the old schedule was always used. Like you could see it slowly revving up as the, during the day I would rev up slowly Mm -hmm. and it's knowing when do I take the cocaine, you know, and if the (laughs) shows, if the shows at four 30, you take, you take the Coke at four 10, but 
Th- you don't want to peak prob- too early, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so now I'm having, uh, you know, cocaine at breakfast, but then I'm, <laughs> right. I'm coming down, but then it's time for more cocaine. And it's just it's just a it's just a mess. Your dealer doesn't mind. The dealer is very responsible about social distancing. He wipes down all the coke. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves it at the front, in front on the front door, and it's completely wiped down. So, uh, well, do you want to hear some fan questions? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You don't even have to. This is your show, so you get to say, now it's time for fan questions. Hey, you know what? <laughs> it's time for fan questions. Theme music. Here's a question. Have you taken up any weird hobbies while you're at home, or are you just driving your family crazy? That's a, that's a good question. Okay, there's two things that I do. I wouldn't say that they're all that new, but they've definitely accelerated. One is teaching myself songs on the guitar off YouTube and okay. playing them over and over and over and <laughs> over again to get it right. That drives some people crazy. If you're curious exactly what recently, I forget how it came up, but somehow the Paul McCartney solo song junk from 1970 came up and it's an instrumental version and i just decided i've got to learn that exactly right so i watched several different youtube versions and then honed in on the one that made sense to me and didn't need a capo you could play it naturally on the on i've played it a hundred thousand times and i think i've made people crazy <laughs> uh and and also it used to be a really pretty song to me now. And now it just sounds like madness because I've, <laughs> and the other thing is really nerdy is I found for a long time, people used to make balsa wood model planes mm-hmm. and it's something people did. My dad did it in the 1930s. He would make and forties. He would make balsa wood planes. I made one years ago and it was really hard and I swore never to do it again Going through my study, I found an old balsa wood model of a British uh, Sopwith camel. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And so I am, it is incredibly frustrating because it's old, brittle balsa. All the pieces break. Then you've got to fix them. Then you've got to try and, and it's incredibly complicated. The directions are not helpful. And so, uh, yeah, I'm doing something that I would just disintegrating as you do it. (laughs) Yeah. As I do it, it's disintegrating. I'm into the idea of, I want something that I can physically hold in my hand. That's a result of this. Right. A memento. Yeah. I want, I want, exactly. I want, it's uh, Tom Hanks's soccer ball. This is my Wilson. I want this thing. I want to be able to, if someone says to me, what did you do during the quarantine of, of 2020? It was of any value, I'll say, well, I did a whole bunch of shows and they'll go, no, seriously, we saw those. What did you do? That was- <laughs> yeah. And I'll go, okay, what about this? And I'll hold up what will probably be a pretty crappy looking, <laughs> right. but very intricate balsa wood model of Pile a of hot glue. 1917 <laughs> sop with Kim. Then I'll play junk. junk. When- I'm excited to hear junk. Cause I, I mean, we're all very oh, that's familiar with your current repertoire yes. of songs. Because you, you like to play in the, you, you often treat us to co- concerts in the. Is office. there something you'd like to say, <laughs> Jesse? No, I'm just saying we. I, I've heard. You know, let you me ask guitar. you guys because let's and get it's into an it. instrumental, no singing. <laughs> let's get into it. Okay, sure. <laughs> and, and 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 this should, if nothing else, be honest. I always have a guitar on at rehearsal. Uh, I'm not telling you guys, I'm telling uh, human beings listening. And I tend to 
perpetually play different songs and run through them. And I think people hate it, but we need to have this out in the open. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we, I think we've had it out in the open and uh, nothing. You wish changed. I would. You wish <laughs> you guys wish I wouldn't do it. Well, we don't, I, it's, there just, there comes a certain point where it feels like we're being held hostage after rehearsal's over and you're still playing and it's like, you look around like, are we, can we, can we leave? Oh, you can go. We can go. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. Why, why you should have asked that ages ago. <laughs> or well, sometimes it? it comes in the middle of rehearsal. I guess that's really the. Oh, I always thought of it as music. You know, when a concert's over, they play music over the oh. PA. So rehearsal's <laughs> so over. So that you know that you can leave. And it's live music, but you're, you, you can go. Let me ask you a question and be honest. Yeah. If I was better at it, would it be more tolerable? <laughs> Is that the issue? I, Jesse, yeah. Jesse, you go first. I mean, it's... <sighs> sure, yes. Yeah, it, it would be better. <laughs> well, we're often also hearing like... You're just playing the guitar <laughs> portion of a song. And so it's hard to get the full because it'll be a song that has like a full band. And then we're just hearing the guitar. And oh, that's a good point. So, so she wants is, to hire an entire band. I, yes, for I, her. <laughs> this is excruciating. This is this is I mean, I love this. This is like we're digging into an infected wound. <laughs> oh, no. And and plus that's, in it. plus that's been built up for like nine years is coming out and the stench is overwhelming. I'm just not good enough. Is that the problem, Jesse? Just say it. I mean, it, you know, we're hearing someone practice guitar. That's what it is. It's you're hearing a person practice. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so the, like, the it, fix is simple. You play your greatest hits, things you've mastered and then problem yes. solved. I'm hoping junk is going to be the one. <laughs> I've never heard you be this quiet for this. I know. It's terrifying. It's actually, uh, uh, it's it's good for me to hear this, but I'm not going to lie. It's painful <laughs> to think that uh, I've put so many people through and and it's it's got to stop. It's clear to me that when we come I, back, if we come back, it's got to stop. Here's one thing do, I Do know. you think it can stop? I don't think it will ever stop. Well, hmm. do you find I, it helps it, you in <laughs> rehearsal? Is it cathartic? Oh yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm too. I'm. I'm too flattened. I'm too, don't be flattened. No, don't I, be I just, flattened. So this I'm whole time you've been thinking that you were putting on a concert, like that someone no. would pay, pay money. No, for. no, no, no. I okay. knew. I, 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 I know. I know. It's annoying. <laughs> I have to say, yes, it probably helps me the day in and day out of going down to rehearsal for twenty seven years now. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, having a guitar on and having my fingers busy helps. But maybe uh, going forward, look. I think of you as the ghosts of Christmas past and future. You've come to me in the night. You've shown me a horrifying vision. And now I see it because I've been away from the show long enough to know that, oh, shit, this is horrible. For years, uh, I've made people very unhappy with one of my habits. And it's like finding out you have really bad breath after, after, after 20 years. And so, uh, yeah, this has to change. I'm glad. I'm. I'm glad that this came up. But I can't say. Let's put it this way: Scrooge did not get a good night's sleep that night. No. And um, we're and all going to so, have goose. Well, and yeah. you really, you no, notice that it took us being separated from you by many miles for this to come out. Yeah, I know. 
I think it was playing for your kids that has caused this and your son going to, to court uh, <laughs> because your home guitar playing that has brought this all to the surface. I'm, today I'm throwing away all my guitars, <laughs> which is really stupid because they're, I mean, I should sell them worth and give the money yeah. to, I know, but I just love the idea that I'm going to throw, I'm just going to put them in a recycling <laughs> bin. How many guitars do you have? <laughs> I don't even know. And that is not because I'm some right. you know, rich guy who's right. bought up a whole bunch of guitars. It's because for 27 years, people have been sending me a range of guitars from absolutely great, cool guitars uh, that are beautiful instruments to a guy in Sweden who made a guitar out of a bathroom scale. He, he took a real like 1960s bathroom scale and then attached a guitar neck to it. And it's kind of playable. Does it play? <laughs> yeah. But it, but hit, but hit it, but I said kind of, and then it's hideous. And decided but, to send it to you. And decided to send it to me. And so Jimmy Vivino found me a place to keep them all. So I have literally a, a warehouse filled with guitars that are puzzling. Just absolutely puzzling. And it's going to be like the end of Citizen Kane when I go. There's just going to be, there's going to be people just throwing, scale. throwing insane, like here's a toilet seat guitar. Here's, you know, a guitar made out of a dead, a, a dead duck. Here's a guitar that's a made out sled. of, uh, yeah, a wooden, exactly. Uh -huh. And tossing them onto a pile. Yeah. My last words will probably be bathroom scale <laughs> guitar and reporters will scurry around trying to figure it out. The great mystery. Well, speaking of guitars, someone actually asked about the guitar behind you yep. that we see during the show. Let's assume that's not made from uh, bathroom equipment. No, that's a good guitar. It's a Gretsch, right. It's called a Gretsch Tennessean. It's, yeah. Uh, the, it's the model year. Is, it's a 1964 Gretsch Tennessean. If you're a Beatles fanatic like I am, you'll know that that is the year and model that George played on the second Beatles tour of America. That's the first electric guitar I ever bought. I bought it from a friend of mine named Randy Klimpert. At the time, I think I bought it in 1986 for $600, which at the time was like a fortune to me. Mm -hmm. And the guitar is worth a lot more than that now. I've always prized it. It is a Chet Atkins model. Chet Atkins being one of the great players and producers uh, right. in Nashville back in the day. So when Chet Atkins was on the show... I showed it to him and he put his initials on the back. He initialed the, the headstock. Uh, he's no longer with us, which means the guitar is even more valuable. Conan, that's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> look at it. terrible. I, ha I had this guitar with me at Saturday Night Live and it was back in my office the day that George Harrison walked in to the writer's room very late at night and was hanging out there for maybe a total of six minutes, but it was just such a big deal in my life. And I remembered contemplating. Oh boy. Going down to my office and getting the guitar and showing it to him right. and saying, look, it's a Gretsch Tennessean, like the one you played in, in the second 1964 oh, tour with boy. the Beatles. But something in me said, he doesn't give a shit. No. <laughs> and which was good. I had that. That's, yeah, that's very mature. That, yes. That is very mature. Yeah. 
uh, he was also um, great restraint. He was quite inebriated at the time too. He had been out with <laughs> Lauren Michaels. There's a piano there in the conference room, and he sat down and started playing the piano. And Al Franken, as kind of a joke, but Al, I think also maintains to this day that he really did think we needed to get our work done came out and said quiet and like <laughs> slammed slammed the uh no. the ki- the cover of the the piano down just missing george's fingers and george was startled and stumbled away frightened because it was the first time in his life <laughs> now let's contrast george harrison a beetle <laughs> playing music for a bunch of comedy writers for a for a second and being told to shut the fuck up and me doing it for 26 years badly according to jesse and uh not and and no one can say a word what what is there a god could there be a god if that could happen i don't think so I, I mean, I think people have said things in their own way. Listen, uh, the guitar playing is not stopping. That I know. All um, right, I have, I have one. Uh, Myroslava says, Hi, I'm a huge fan of the show and the podcast. Love what you guys are doing for Conan at home. I'm stuck in lockdown in France in a small student room by myself, and watching Conan is really brightening up my days. My question is the following. How are guest interviews getting recorded these days? As far as I understand, those are Zoom calls, but how do you get the feed and put it together? You're asking a monkey how to build a, a space shuttle. That's a really, I'm really glad. Uh, what's That's the name again? Question. Mira, what is it? Um, Miroslava or Miroslava? Miroslava? Yeah. Myra, Mira. Trapped um, in France. That's a really good uh, question. Myra, Mira, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, which is why I'm saying it so many different ways on the chance that I get it right. <laughs> they are Zoom calls. What we do is uh, people much smarter than I and much more tech savvy than I uh, have a way of recording them. And basically, uh, that's it. I am invited to a Zoom meeting and I click on it and I get on the Zoom meeting and then whoever it is gets on with me from wherever they are. And then it's really fascinating because some people have like a very nice presentation. They've given it a little bit of thought. Like Kaylee Cuoco was in a very nice, brightly lit room and she was wearing the nightgown that she wears all day around the house. And it was like talking to an angel. It was really, <laughs> and uh, and then other people, I mean, I talked to Joel McHale yesterday and he was wearing giant headphones and he looked like he was backed into a corner of the garage where they shot everybody on the St. Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, you know, I'm just kept, I was giving him shit the whole time. So those are just, you get what you get. Like you talk to somebody and they've either given given it some thought or they've given it no thought. I haven't minded doing the interviews over Zoom because I feel like you can eventually get the same kind of, it's not as good as being in person with the person, mm-hmm. but it's you can get into the pretty good rhythm. So those I don't mind. I find doing comedy in a complete vacuum to be unnerving just because if I shoot it myself with the iPhone, which I do for most of the comedy, I've got to do it and then upload it to a thing called like frame IO uh, Sweeney. You're familiar with this whole process, but I yeah. have to, and, and you too, Jesse actually. But, yep. And so I shoot it myself and I go through 50 takes on my own because I'm so self-hating and like, no, I could do better. I could do better. Then I finally get one I like, and I send it out. You watch it upload for like 10 minutes. And then finally it goes into the ether and then I don't hear anything. 
And then I'll contact Matt O'Brien, the head writer, and say, uh, what did you think? And he'll go, uh, it's okay. I'll be like, all right, well, do you want me to do it again? He did yeah, that That once. means he hasn't watched it. I really miss the immediate feedback. There's uh, the audience. There's a, yeah. Well, it's not just the audience. It's, it's humans. There's a group intelligence. There's something I've noticed at work over the years, which is Paula Davis, the booker, will come to me. And she'll come into my office and she'll say, this is kind of a weird idea, but, you know, what do you think about having um, the ghost of Richard Nixon on the show? You know, some, <laughs> some, I'm just, ma- I'm making that up, obviously. Oh, wait, but he said no. <laughs> he said no. You know, what do you think of having the celebrity acts on the show? And I'll say, well, that's kind of strange. What did Jeff Ross say? And she'll say, the producer, and she'll say, he said, ask you. And I'll go like, no, 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 no. Let's get three people in a room, literally three people in a room and ask the same question and there'll be a group response that will tell us exactly what the answer is. You know, there's a thing when you get a bunch of human beings together where you tend to get the right answer. It didn't happen with the Vietnam War, but- uh, (laughs) That was all done by uh, Zoom. (laughs) That was all done by Zoom, unfortunately. But that I find to be frustrating is just to be sitting here- and thinking, huh, maybe it's funny if I right. do this thing. And then I do it, and then I look at it, and I'm not sure. And then I send it to one person, and they say, yeah, but they haven't run it by anybody else. And you just, everything takes forever. It slows I, every, yeah. it's the whole, everything, every step of the process has been slowed down. Yeah. Just enough to be a, a pain. But I mean, it, it's definitely, things have definitely, I think there's been a big learning curve. Oh, I thought of an idea. And that's the other thing, too, is I keep thinking of ideas and then realizing I can't do that idea right. because it violates <laughs> social di- yeah. right. It violates social distancing. But, you know, there's this thing of talk show hosts being interrupted by their adorable children, yeah. right. you know, and the host is there like, OK, well, Trump today. And then the kid comes in the room and they're like, you rascal. And the kid's like, Daddy, what's happening? And everyone online goes, yay, isn't this amazing? And I thought, wouldn't it be great? I would love to do a parody of that where... I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing my Zoom show or I'm doing my show. And then what I wanted to do <laughs> was go, oh, my God, uh, my son just burst into the room and slightly tilt the camera so that you could see. But it's Andre Dubachet, one of our writers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and he's playing my like 38 year old yeah. estranged son <laughs> and it, who. I had by another woman, this is all made up, but I had by another woman, but never acknowledged him. And I go like, you, you rascal, you, you scamp. Can't you see I'm doing a show right now? And he goes, what the fuck? You told me to come over here. You told me to fucking come over here. And I don't even know why I'm over here in the first place. You never acknowledge mom. You never paid for my fucking college. You knock her up in 1987. And then you totally fucking don't ever take responsibility. And I'm like, you you rascal. Adorable. <laughs> I thought that would be a really funny sketch. And then I realized I can't have be in the same room as an actor, especially if I'm screaming at him. Why don't you have Andre move in and quarantine in your house in oh, a different yeah, room for 14 days? Yep. And then he can good. play your son on every show. And then the resentment will become real. <laughs> We should probably wind this up. We have, we have. Why? One. I've got. I'm. I'm oh, good. No, okay. Why? Okay. Here's up. another question. Someone wants to know where where you got your eyeglass frames. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you exactly. They are, they're really cool. Jacques Marie Image or Jacques Mar Image. 
uh, is what it's called. <laughs> and I'll tell you exactly uh, what what the story is. For all things style, there's one guru for me, and his name is Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff He's Goldblum, got great style. Jeff Goldblum has amazing style, and we have certain similarities. Uh, we are both uh, quite tall gentlemen with our own jazz bands. And so the second part, uh, <laughs> he has a jazz band. I do not. But over the years, like I remembered I, I did. He did something on our show once and I was always having trouble just finding jeans because my legs are so long and the jeans I can find that are like off the rack just look like shit. And I said to Jeff Goldblum, like, because he has similar build to me. And I said, so Jeff, those jeans. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, 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 my boy, my boy, my boy, Schaefer Garment Hotel. Yes, 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 yes. Schaefer, Schaefer Garment Hotel. You, you go there. Oh, my boy. And and so sure enough, he gives me the address. I go to this place. These really cool guys come out. They have like a an old machine. It makes denim jeans from like 1880. That's so cool. They take some measurements and they made me these great jeans, which I wear all the time. Done. I'm done for jeans the rest of my life. So the last time that he was on the show, he comes out and he's wearing these great glasses. And then I have a giant head and a big face. And so glasses usually look insubstantial. They just don't work on my face. And so- yeah, it looks like someone drew glasses with a fine point pen on a giant balloon. <laughs> he comes out and on air, I was like, those glasses, those glasses are great. And he's like, oh yeah, mm, oh my boy, we'll have to touch mm, the glasses. <laughs> Five more minutes. And so, yeah, and so after the, sh- yeah, and so we both, or- we- he has eight mini orgasms a, a second. <laughs> so after the show, he was like, mm, yes, 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 oh, I'll tell you. Mm. And then he tells me about this place and of course, he says, oh, you've got to go. It's way downtown. So I go on this whole odyssey, like Lord of the Rings. I go through the Misty Mountains. I, I, I battle I orcs. An orc, yeah. I, yeah, I, I bought glasses for an orc. And then, of course, I, I buy these glasses. And I finally got the glasses because it takes a while to get the frames installed and everything. I think they showed up maybe a week before the pandemic. So they showed up Perfect just around timing. the time I start shooting from home now, I don't need glasses for driving, you know, reading cue cards, pretty much doing anything I have to do on the show. So I don't wear contacts. I've never worn contacts in my life. And it's not a vanity thing. I just don't need them. But if I'm reading stuff, I do need glasses. And so I started wearing these. It's almost like somehow I knew on some subliminal level, I'm going to need to be wearing glasses on camera a lot so get some decent ones so i i'm i'm glad someone likes these it's jacques marie m-a-g-e jacques marie m-a-g-e yeah really good stuff cool i i love how certain people are focusing on things in the shot we're looking at now which is the same shot you use for the top of the show when you record the show and when you do your interviews here's another one from Alex K. Hi there. What's the story with the Abraham Lincoln sketch behind Conan? Uh, okay. That is not a Wow, someone sketch. must have stopped. And- it's not a sketch. No, but what's really interesting yeah. is that it's not a sketch. That is the last known photograph what? of Abraham Lincoln. A lot of people think it's this famous photo that you've seen a million times that was taken probably about three weeks before he died. 
yeah. uh, in 1865. This is a shot that was taken. Wait, we can't hear Please you. Please note, Conan has <laughs> walked away. I just walked away. I was just checking. This is a shot that was taken on the balcony. He was on the balcony of the White House and a photographer had set up and Lincoln's just looking off to the side and it's from March 6th, 1865. Oh, wow. So he's got like five weeks left to live when this photograph is taken. And that was a gift from Jeff Ross, our producer, oh, wow. who- Got that for me. Sounds like a warning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep playing the guitar, buddy. Four weeks Keep after the- you got it, you were very nervous. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the background is just, I always sort of like, as you know, I'm a big history buff and I just kind of like, I wanted my background for these shows. I didn't give it much thought at all. These things were on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then the bust of Teddy Roosevelt was, uh, was one that I have at work. But we grabbed it and brought it here just before the shit hit the fan. Right. <laughs> and uh, I like having that back there. And your mug, and, uh, right? Your Eisenhower mug's there. Yeah. Yeah, the Eisenhower mug was a gift from Robert Smigel back when I was a writer on Saturday Night Live. That was on my desk at Saturday Night Live. Then when I started the late night show and I was thinking of how to, someone said to me, you got to personalize your desk. Is there anything you want on it? So I put two things on it. The Eisenhower mug that had been on my desk at Sun Out Live and a mug that Greg Daniels of most good TV shows <laughs> of the last 10 years fame, he made me a mug for my first show. Aww. And so uh, I kept those two things on my desk. And then eventually, once I saw the way stagehands were treating them, mm-hmm. I wisely... Had them had duplicates made, uh. and so the, that's the so that's the original. Oh, so the real that's, okay. So the real Eisenhower mug was not on the is, desk, and this is the real Greg oh. Daniels oh. mug. And he he did a drawing of me behind my desk. That's and great. He said, "If you're ever at a loss for words, pick one." And it's all the stuff that I would mutter. All the <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that I say foolishness all the time <laughs> and made up words. So is murder uh, on there? You know, murderer isn't here, but uh, salves and creams, murder, <laughs> murder. No, murder, murder. I used to say oh. murder the Shakespearean way. Uh, sleep is nature's balm was something I used to say because it was a line from the movie Gothic that made that I hated so much. Oh I stood my up God, the, that's an awful movie. Yeah. And so I went and saw the movie Gothic and it was this very pretentious. I'm, I'm sure there are people listening right now wearing 19th century clothing who are horrified who love that movie. <laughs> but it's all about Shelley and Keats and a crazy yes. weekend they have. Julian and Sands. So, Julian Sands. And it's very pretentious. And at one point, a woman is getting hysterical and then she passes out. And one of the actors looks at her, holds her as she passes out and says, one says, well, she'll be all right. And the other one says, yes, sleep is nature's balm. <laughs> and I stood up in the theater and went, what the fuck? <laughs> People were People like, laugh. sit down. No, they were, they were, shut up, sit down. They accuse. Yeah, this is long before. He just filled, uh, he just covered this mug with all the things that I would, because Greg and I were writing partners. And so talk about being sick of someone's bullshit. Greg was pretty much chained to me at the ankle from 1980 five to 19 what 91 
there was like a seven year period there where he just heard my bullshit wow. around the clock. <laughs> and so he made a mug for me filled with my idiocy. And uh, wow, you, you were man. partners that long. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, we were partners. We came out to LA in August of 85 mm-hmm. and we didn't know anything. And I remembered us not knowing anything about LA. So we thought Hollywood was the cool place where everyone lived. And right. anyone who's been out here knows that right. like, well, Hollywood's a good place to go if you want to meet a down on his luck Spider-Man. Yeah, with Crotrot. But if but no, you, uh, no one lives there on purpose. No. Yeah. And so Greg and I looked at a map and we was like, Hollywood, that's for us. And we chose like Oakwood apartment. And I yeah. think it was on Vermont in Hollywood, like as yeah. far east as possible. And I remember us showing up and really thinking that we were going to see the beginning of like Beverly Hills Cop or Palm Trees, right, right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, everything you'd seen in 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 TV shows about someone going to L.A. And no, we uh, we were horrified yeah. <laughs> immediately. It hasn't and gotten better. Yeah, we were both we were both shot within the hour, I think. But <laughs> but we were together for all those early years of fumbling around, I would say about two and a half years in LA working on different shows or three years and me doing improv at night and us trying different things. This is very relatable. (laughs) Yeah, no, we would do. uh, And I remembered me taking a job uh, as a, they needed an improviser. I heard about this from someone, somebody, some, I think kind of shady company was making promotional videos for a music industry convention and they were shooting it like way, way out in the middle of nowhere. And it almost like it was a porno, uh-huh. uh, but I never got called for those. And they, they, <laughs> but I remember driving out in my really crappy broken down car and they said, bring your own makeup. And I didn't know anything about makeup. So I just went to a drugstore to the women's section and bought those a compact. Oh, no. I bought like different stuff, not knowing anything and just smeared it all <laughs> no. over my face. <laughs> In a really hot car, and I put the makeup on first, and uh, then drove drove through like the Central Valley clown. desert for two and a half hours to try and find this place, and then did no improv. Yeah, no air conditioning in this 1977. Oh, probably non-union. I was paid in more makeup. Uh, I all think, those. I well, you're lucky. You're alive. Clip of that surfaced a few years ago. We should yeah, play. yeah. I have it too. Yeah. I have. You know what I have? I have a giant, like, what were those things called? Those giant bricks that you used to put into a v- VCR? Three quarter inch tapes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have a three. This will really date, like, young people listening to this, no. if if there are young people listening to this. Yes, if you saw the tech, I have this, and it's in a box, and I found it, and I don't think the machine exists anymore for it me doesn't. to play this. The point is, Greg and I were together a long time, and then, uh, <laughs> and... God bless that man. He did stuff that drove me crazy. I did stuff that drove him crazy, but still uh, one of the funniest humans you'll ever encounter. Is you Mr. both uh, turned out, it's unusual where, where two members of a writing team both yeah, that's true. are super successful. You were both the Paul Simons. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Yeah, it was Simon and Simon. Uh, wait, that's a detective show. Another great uh, detective show. So, uh, yeah, no, it was. It it is always fascinating to me that he's he's exactly the same person. I think I, people tell me I have not changed. I've had a bunch of people who knew me and, and Greg, I can tell you has not changed at all. Uh (laughs) I just, 
he visited me just a couple of days ago because it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. And he wanted to dis- visit me in a responsible way. And Greg, Greg was preparing for this pandemic in 1987. Uh, <laughs> he showed up and man, he was wrapped. I could not see one inch of his skin anywhere. He had shirts and towels wrapped around his head. He was wearing really <laughs> thick glasses. He was wearing plastic gloves. He brought me a bottle of wine for my birthday and set it on the sidewalk and then backed away like it was a bomb. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic. We have, let's see, we actually have a really great voicemail to play for you. Can we go ahead? I mean, at this point, Conan, you're trying to avoid your family. <laughs> Hi, good afternoon. My name is Sumi Guzman. I'm from Illinois. And I have a question about Conan's beard. I've been watching his interviews during quarantine on YouTube and Facebook, and I've noticed that Conan has grown his hair, but he hasn't grown out his beard. And I love a man with a beard. I love Conan, and I love his beard from where he wore it back 10 years ago. I thought he looked sexy. I I thought he was handsome. He still is handsome. He's a very attractive man. So I want to know, Conan. Why didn't you grow out that handsome beard during quarantine? I'm a big fan. I can't wait to go back to California so I can check out one of his shows, one of his tapings. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay positive, stay healthy, and most of all, love yourself. Thank you very much. My God, that is... That woman is so uh, fantastic and very positive and clearly had a lot of caffeine. Yes. What what is her name? She, She was very nice. I just want to say, uh, first of all, thank you for that. Sunny, that, that we'll get you a up. copy of that voicemail. No, no, she's, I know. I'm, I, I want to make that, you know, what I, I want to make that my outgoing cell phone <laughs> message. <laughs> when people try to leave me a message, hey, I'm a big Conan fan. And I, um, no, that is really nice. I, that was uh, very sweet to hear. I'll tell you something. I have a bit of a thing where I have a, I don't know what to call it, but I've been there, done that kind of mentality sometimes. The beard was such an iconic thing. I mean, for, iconic. It sounds like I'm, yes, we all remember. But at that moment in my career, which was seminal and kind of important, and I just grew that beard and, and it was kind of a thing. Then Will Ferrell demanded that I shave it and he shaved it in a really funny way on TV. Mm. And after that, I felt like, well, that's it for the beard. And... Maybe that's why I'm not doing it. I just felt like there's so many bits we've done where people say, how come you don't, hey, do that again? And I think, no, we did that. So now we have to try and think of something else. So maybe I just have to grow- Mustache. Or eyebrows. Eyebrows (laughs) way out to the side and wax them so that they look like antenna. Oh yeah, uh, curl them up like a mustache. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesse, I need to get your opinion. Do you like uh, a beard or do you like the clean shaven look? Uh, I personally prefer the clean shaven look, but no. I mean, the beard, I agree. I think it had, it did have a little bit of a depression feel though. So I don't think yeah. you're, I think you're, you know, facing this new phase more optimistically. Uh, what, what you're telling people is that I'm medicated now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. It's good to get the word out on medication. Yeah. <laughs> The beard was in lieu of medication. Let's just make that clear. Yeah, well, and I, I'm I worried said, about her because she said, "Why didn't you grow it out during isolate me past tense? Like it's over." So, oh, well, yeah. maybe she's in Illinois, she's in so Illinois. I think they're they're through it probably. 
That's a crazy yeah. thing. We have no idea when this is going to end still. Yes, no. we do. Okay, yes, we I do. lied. <laughs> we know. We all know. We know. We know exactly when this yes, is ending. Yes, yes, yes. Because this is all just a government trick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I, we don't know when it's going to end. Um, I'm really trying to get into, I know some people that are very good at getting into the zen of it's bigger than us. I do have a personality that there are many things about this that do not suit me. The isolation, the, the lack of a bu- working with a bunch of people, uh, constant laughter and constant reaffirmation. That I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, those, so, those things I miss, but I am really good at when things are bigger than me, I get very calm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's sort of like when I was a kid and there was just a giant snowstorm. You're like, well, right. it's so much bigger than me. There's nothing I can do. You're kind of powerless. So, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. You know, whoever your God is, your God mm-hmm. will decide. I know it's almost a little bit of a relief in a way to just relinquish control because we're so used to having so much control in our lives. Yeah. And, and I think the important thing. <laughs> oh, no. You can't see this at home, but I just picked up <laughs> a guitar. <laughs> Reasserting no. control over your environment. Yeah, this is my way to dominate. Well, let's hear junk. Yeah. Oh, we can't. You can't afford that. Um, <laughs> you can't well, afford it. Well, I think it. this is my cue to go. So I'm just going to yeah, I think take my headphones off here. Jesse, that's right. You can leave if you've learned anything. That no, was Conan I, I, O'Brien. You know what? I've, I've cool figured out a long out. time ago that if anybody... You know, if someone tries to corner you and ask you an embarrassing question, like in the media, you can always start. I was always thinking, why doesn't the person just start singing a Led Zeppelin song? Because it's un- <laughs> it's unclearable. That's great. <laughs> so, so if anyone ever corners me and says, hey, Conan, you know, we just found out that you avoided your taxes for three years. What do you have to say to TMZ? <laughs> just start to sing Stairway to Heaven. And- <laughs> This was uh, this was fun. I had a good time. Oh, this is and great. I, I, I like, and I like that you guys. Uh, I do like that you guys do this, and I like that we try to be very open about how <laughs> how we make this and how yeah. uh, imperfect the the process is. But I know that if I was a young person interested in comedy, uh, it would make me feel better to know that everybody who's actually doing it successfully is. So dysfunctional. (laughs) That's the rule number one. Yeah. Well, and also that they all started, you know, they started somewhere. They started at a dilapidated apartment building in on Vermont. Yep. Driving out to industrial ads. A 1977 Isuzu Opal. (laughs) It looked like someone had murdered six people in the back seat with a butcher's (laughs) knife. The back seat was all chewed up and there were all these dark stains and it really did look like, oh, someone slaughtered livestock back there for a while. <laughs> but anyway, I'll leave you on that happy image. Yeah. And yeah, I will. Great. Sorry about the guitar, everybody. Sorry. Thank you, Conan. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Wow, that was Conan. That was Conan. It certainly was. Thank you for listening. We're going to have more interviews and we're going to answer more questions next week. You can email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail. Sometimes we play them at 323-209-5303. Yeah, we got a lot of great questions and some voicemails this week and we're definitely hungry for some more. So hunger is a strong term. (laughs) So thank you for listening. 
Sweeney, pleasure as always. It was great seeing you again on Zoom and hearing your voice. And we'll see you all next week. Yeah, we like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Jen Samples. Engineered and mixed by Will Becton. Supervising producers are Kevin Bartelt and Aaron Blayart. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 